0: We're going to start by meeting the book of Proverbs, the brilliant young teacher. And she's not just smart, she's smart about everything, work, relationships, sex, spirituality. She has incredible insights,
1: things you wouldn't see on your own. Yeah, she would be the perfect friend to have around when you need really specific advice. So what makes her so smart? Well, Proverbs can see things that most people don't see. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And you can't see it, just like you can't see gravity, but it affects everything that we do.
0: So what's this force?
1: Well, in Hebrew, it's called chokmah, and it usually gets translated into English as wisdom. It's an attribute of God that God used to create the world. And chokmah has been woven into the fabric of things and how they work. So wherever people are making good or just or wise decisions, they're tapping into chokmah.
0: And whenever someone's making a bad decision, they're working against chokmah.
1: Right, or as it says in Proverbs chapter 1, the waywardness of fools will destroy them. But the one who listens to wisdom lives in security.
0: So it's like a moral law of the universe.
1: Yeah, it's a cause-effect pattern, and no one can escape it. And Proverbs personifies all of this as a woman.
0: Yeah, lady wisdom.
1: Right, and she roams around the earth, calling out, making herself available to anyone who's willing to listen to her and to learn. Which leads to the second thing Proverbs believes, that anyone can access and interact with wisdom and use it to make a beautiful life for yourself or for others. You can create with it like a designer. Yes, in fact, Hokmah in Hebrew isn't simply intellectual knowledge. The word is also used to describe a skilled artisan who excels at their craft, like woodworking or stonemasonry. So you show you possess chokmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making a good life. Okay, that makes sense. So let's do this. Let's go find some wisdom. But before you do, Proverbs has one more really important thing to consider. Hokmah isn't some impersonal force. It's an attribute of God himself. And so in Hebrew thought, your journey to becoming wise has to begin with what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. It's this healthy respect for God's definition of good and evil. And true wisdom means learning those boundary lines and not crossing them.
0: Now, all those ideas you just unpacked are in chapters 1 through 9 in Proverbs. But when I think of the book of Proverbs, I think of the collection of
1: sayings, the Proverbs themselves. Tell me about those. Yeah, those are what you find in chapters 10 on to the end of the book. It's a collection of hundreds and hundreds of proverbs about any and all aspects of life. And Hochma gets applied to them, resulting in this wise guidance to help you find a path towards success, And no matter what you do.
0: If I design my life with these sayings, life is going to be good.
1: Yeah, or as Proverbs puts it, it'll give health to your bones, prosperity, a long, rich life. Which is a really big claim. But you can see how it's often the case. Wise people, they tend to do better. Things usually work out well for them in life. And so that is the promise and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs.
2: Guess what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks? (laughs) Let's see. How about the book of Proverbs? How does that sound? You just got a little introduction to what Proverbs is all about. And it is one of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. You've got Proverbs, you've got Ecclesiastes, you've got the book of Job. And then in Psalms, some of our Psalms are wisdom Psalms, and also the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs has some wisdom material in it as well. So if you got a Bible this morning, uh, if you didn't bring one, you can uh, grab a pew Bible in front of you or beneath you if you're on the very front row. Uh, Some people pull up their mobile device, but I'm going to show you real quickly how to find Proverbs very, very simply. Most Bibles, if you open up your Bible. You will come somewhere near Psalms or Proverbs, and you get the Psalms first, and then Proverbs is second. So turn up, turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter two, and very quickly, let me just tell you this about Proverbs. Um, The book of Proverbs tells us a lot about wisdom, and wisdom was shared in ancient Israel in a lot of different ways. The royal court often had officials or wise sages that were part of the king's court, and they were writers or dispensers of wisdom. Then you had these uh, schools of wisdom that young men would go to, and there would be these wise sages who would be teaching these young men of the day. Sorry, ladies, the men were the ones who were given the education back in that day. And there are a lot of scholars who believe that the book of Proverbs was the textbook. For that school. And then, of course, you had your villages where you had wise sages and wise parents who were dispensing wisdom in the home and in the villages. And as Proverbs, uh, as the video from the Bible Project mentioned, uh, wisdom could be practical knowledge, uh, skills and abilities to do certain things, or it could be moral or religious instruction. So that's a little bit about the book of Proverbs and specifically we're going to talk about wisdom this morning. Now before we get into the text, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Leslie and I were down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and we were visiting some friends of 32 years that used to be members of Oakmont many moons ago. And like us, they have grown children out of the home. They have two sons. They're both married and the oldest son has two children of his own, so they're grandparents. So their nest is empty, but recently they have added a new family member to their home. It's a woman, and her name is Alexa. <laughs> do, do, do any of you have Alexa living in your home? I'm just kind of curious. Raise your hand if Alexa, oh, a lot of people have Alexa living in there. Now, if you don't know who Alexa is, just go and Google Alexa, and you'll find about all you want to know about Alexa. But Alexa is a really fascinating lady because, you know, my friend Bill, he he could just simply say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather looking like today? And Alexa would tell him exactly what the weather was looking like. Or one day we drove from Birmingham to Smith Lake about an hour away, and he, he said, hey, Alexa, what's the traffic looking like going over to Smith Lake? Hey, Alexa, he said one day, play some 70s music. And Alexa played some 70s. One night he said, hey, Alexa, play some Earth, Wind, and Fire. Many moons ago. And and Alexa played it. Then Sunday morning before we got up to go to church, he said, hey, Alexa, play some praise and worship music. And Alexa played all of that good music that morning before we went to church. I mean, Alexa is a fascinating person. So I'm sitting here thinking, You know, maybe what we need to do, since we're talking about wisdom today, is to say, hey, Alexa, tell us where we can find some good wisdom. Now, I don't have Alexa living in my home, but Michael McKnight does, and Donna. And so this past week, I didn't ask him to do it, but he saw the title of my sermon. So he asked Alexa at his house, hey, Alexa, tell me something about wisdom. And what was Alexa's answer? (laughs) There was no answer. Alexa didn't know where to find answers. So we've got to educate Alexa about where do you find some wisdom, right? Hopefully, if Alexa could be educated, she wouldn't point us towards some, you know, human intervention or some human personality. Hopefully, she would point us toward the book of Proverbs. Because Proverbs has great wisdom. And here's the bottom line of Proverbs and Wisdom. Proverbs says that wisdom is a gift of God. The source of wisdom is always from God. Whether it's practical, everyday, common sense types of stuff that you need to know, or whether it's moral or religious or ethical, knowledge or instruction, wisdom comes from God. It's a gift of God. So whatever challenge you're facing in your life, you've got some personal decision you've got to make. There's something going on in your marriage or with your family life. There's something happening at work. There's something going on in the life of our church. And certainly think about all of the national and global issues and problems and challenges that we face right now. Just just think about it. Immigration. Healthcare. The growing student educational debt in our country the issues of poverty and hunger and homelessness, nuclear proliferation. Think about all the countries that are trying to acquire the ability to build a nuclear weapon. Think about all the national and global problems that we face today, and the Bible would say there's an answer of wisdom that is found there. But what we're going to discover from the text today is that There's a part that you play and I play in this discovery of wisdom, and there's a part that God plays. So let's open up our Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 2 for just a moment here, and let's first of all see the part we play. This is the part we play in wisdom. Verse 1, chapter 2, Proverbs. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, Now, see, this may well be a wise old sage in one of those schools where Jewish boys are. And so he's trying to say, hey, first thing you've got to do in in acquiring wisdom is you've got to accept my words. You've got to store up my commands. Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. So you've got to turn the ear. You've got to apply the heart and open the heart to understanding. By the way, in Proverbs, when you read the word wisdom or knowledge or understanding or insight, they're talking about the, the same thing here, okay? So, you gotta turn your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, so you gotta call out for it, you gotta cry. Out to god for that understanding insight and wisdom and if you look for it as silver and search for it as for hidden treasure okay so what's the part that you and i have to play in this discovery of wisdom the part we have to play is, is that we have to want it we have to acknowledge that god is the source of all of that wisdom and we have to ask him for it we have to seek seek it we have to search for it. We have to have open ears and hearts and minds and eyes to see it, hear it, and experience it. You know, if you go over to the New Testament book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, this is what James says. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. If you want wisdom, you got to do your part you got to ask for it. Now, if you ask Alexa, you're going to get the answer. What, Michael? Sorry. That's the answer you're going to get. No answer. If you ask somebody else for wisdom, you're going to get human wisdom. If you kind of dig deep within yourself and come up with an answer, you're going to get your own wisdom, but you may not be getting God's wisdom. Now, what's the foundation for asking for that wisdom? Let's move on to verse 5 then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god the foundation for asking god for that wisdom is the fear of the lord now what does the bible mean by the fear of the lord well the fear of the lord biblically is not the shaking in your boots fear you're scared of something or someone i'm scared to death of god that's the fear of the lord no when the bible talks about the fear of the lord The Bible is talking about honoring God, reverencing God, respecting God, understanding that God is God and we are not. You know, sometimes we commit idolatry. We actually think we're as smart as God. So part of the foundation for asking for that wisdom in the first place is to honor God, respect God, reverence God, to ask him and to say, God, you know a whole lot more about this problem than I do. I need your wisdom. That's the foundation. That's the launch pad that sends you forth in the first place to ask him. It's the fear, the, the respect, the honoring of God for who he is as the creator and the God of the universe. Now, that's the part you play in finding wisdom. What's the part that God plays? let's keep going in verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom. How about that? For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Remember I just told you wisdom, knowledge, understanding, insight, they're all synonymous terms for the same thing. Verse seven, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and he protects the way of his faithful ones. Part of what God does is he is the source and the dispenser of all wisdom. Now, there's a couple of outcomes when we get God's wisdom and not our wisdom. The first outcome is that often God saves us and protects us from ourselves. You you know, sometimes we don't always see things so clearly, do we? There's some problem, some issue, some challenge, and we think we're seeing things pretty clearly, but we don't always see things clearly, do we? Look there in verse nine. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. How how many times have you had something going on in your life and you're sitting there saying, what's the right thing to do? I just want to know what the right thing to do is. Or I want to know what the just thing to do. Or I want to be fair to my children. I want to be fair to my colleagues at work. I want to be fair to the folks that I'm dealing with in the life of church. I mean just fill in the blank. You want to do what what's right and just and fair, right? So, let's keep going. For wisdom verse 10, wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. There are times, folks, when we don't see things so clearly. And we need to be protected from ourselves. And that's why we need to say, God, give me, God I, I don't want to look at this from anybody else's angle, but your angle. Give me your wisdom. We need to be protected and saved from ourselves. But the writer of Proverbs also understands that there's a lot of evil forces and wicked forces in the world. And we need to be protected from those forces and those people as well. Keep going in verse 12 because verse 12 reminds us that God also will save us from the influence of others. That's not positive and good. Look in verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From men whose words are perverse, who lead the straight paths to walk in dark ways who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. You know, one of the things that I said all the time as a parent when my kids were growing up, and I still hear parents saying it today, so I know that it's still a reality. You know, I wanted my kids to hang around good kids who would be good influences on their life parents and that what we want and and hey it doesn't matter how old your kids are you see, hey if they're in their 20s 30s or 40s you still want, want want them to hang around good influences people who will be positive in their life but you know that's not true only for our children it should be true for you and me too we need to guard and to keep our hearts and to make sure that the people that we're listening to, the influences in our life are positive. Because we got a lot of folks in the world who are saying things and doing things and we need to make sure that the people we're listening to and paying attention to are positive, good influences in our lives and not wicked, evil influences as the writer of Proverbs is talking about. You know what happened, I'm presuming yesterday, In El Paso, Texas at the Walmart shopping center. If you haven't heard, at least 20 people are dead. 26 others have been shot and I didn't know even until just a few minutes ago when I checked the internet that another incident happened last night in Ohio and more people were shot and killed in a nightclub. Was it Canton? Is that right? Canton, Ohio, I think. Where? Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Now, I don't know about last night, but the young man who killed all of those folks at the Walmart in El Paso, Texas yesterday had opened up his heart and his life to white nationalist propaganda. And El Paso is right on the border and there are many people of color who live in that city of 600,000 plus folks has one of the lowest crime rates in the United States and here's a 21 year old who drives 600 miles from Allen Texas to El Paso because he doesn't think that people of color are as good as white folks and This is the sad thing, and and I wrote this down just so I would not forget. Do you you realize that this year, this is the 250th incident of mass shootings in our country? Do you realize that to date, 281 people have been killed and 1,025 people have been shot? Somebody is not listening to good voices. good influences and it's having an effect on people's lives and families the writer of Proverbs knew what he was talking about we need to seek out the wisdom of God we need to be protected and saved from ourselves sometimes and we also need to be protected and saved from the wicked ones who would tell us to be less than who God created us to be and white supremacist nationalist propaganda is not Jesus folks you and I know that so you see we need God's wisdom we need God's wisdom Craig Barnes is the president of Princeton Theological Seminary he, he tells the story of several years ago of a student who came into his office the student had already been to see the registrar, and then he went to see the dean because the registrar called him into the office and informed him that he would not be able to participate in the, in the spring graduation exercises at Princeton Theological Seminary because he had not met all of his requirements for graduation. Well, the student shot back and said, well, nobody informed me I hadn't met the requirements And the registrar said, well, we sent an email out to all the students in January telling you you should go on the website and make sure you're tracking your progress towards graduation. And obviously, you didn't do it. So not to be deterred, the the, um, student appealed from the registrar to the dean. And the dean told him the same bad news, you're not going to graduate. And now the student is sitting in Craig Barnes's office as president of Princeton Theological Seminary pleading his case so the student starts out by saying my mama and daddy have already bought plane tickets to come here to Princeton next week for graduation and they're gonna be so embarrassed and so disappointed if I don't walk with the rest of the students and Craig Barnes said well you know there was a notice that was sent out that invited you to track your progress towards graduation back in January. And the student replied, well, you know, that website is so difficult to navigate. And Craig Barnes replied, well, it seems that your other student colleagues managed to navigate it and therefore they have made all of their appropriate course requirements. They've met them and they're gonna be graduating well it just seems like that the administration here is not very responsive said the student well let's see now you've met with the registrar and the dean and now you're meeting with me you've met with three of us in the last two days it seems that we're being fairly responsive to your concerns and finally the student decided he would throw his best shot lasting shot out to Craig Barnes and so he looked at the president of theological, of Princeton Theological Seminary, and he said, well, this really hurts my feelings. (laughs) This really hurts my feelings. Craig Barnes writes that he's dealt with a lot of students through the years, and he's never had one in a situation similar or even different from this come into his office and say to him, this really hurts my feelings. And Craig Barnes went on to, to remark that before he became a seminary president, he served in a, as a pastor in churches for a lot of years. And he writes that he spent a lot, in fact, most of his days in the local congregation waiting through hurt feelings, including his own at times. And believe it or not, pastors are human beings. If you pinch us, we'll say, ouch. And if you say something, it can hurt our feelings every once in a while. So Craig Barnes looked back at the student and he said to him, you do realize that one day when you become a pastor, you're going to have hurt feelings all the time, don't you? And the student just looked at him and kind of sighed and stood up and put his book bag on his back and walked out of his office. Craig Barnes goes on to write that anytime you live in community with other people, in a family, in a work system, in the life of the church, in a seminary or a divinity school, there's probably going to be some hurt feelings somewhere. He ended his article by saying that he met with the registrar and the dean and collectively they decided to let the student march in graduation with an asterisk by his name, indicating that pending the successful completion of his course requirements, he would receive his degree and his diploma from Princeton Theological Seminary. They made that decision, he said, not to salve his hurt feelings, but because that's what Christian communities do. They offer forgiveness, And they attempt to be redemptive at times when even students have committed self-inflicting wounds. And hopefully, Craig Barnes said, this would be a lasting lesson for this student from his seminary. You know, I think that story is a great story because it shows how the wisdom from God can be applied in our life. It doesn't matter whether you're a slack student who hasn't gone on the uh, website to check your graduation requirements or whether you're a seminary administrator seeking to dispense wisdom and degrees. The fact is, at times in our life, we all need a wisdom, as the book of James says in the third chapter, that comes from above. It doesn't matter what practical problem you're trying to solve or what deep, ethical, moral, spiritual problem you're trying to tackle, Every one of us needs the wisdom that comes from God. If you ask Alexa for it, you're probably going to hear, sorry. And if you ask another human being, you're going to get what human beings can give. But if you prayerfully ask God for wisdom, the promise of Proverbs and really of all of Scripture is that God is the giver of of wisdom and he freely gives that gift to you and to me amen